0: I'm Rico
1: and I'm Jessica
0: and this is the Always the Critic podcast where a couple of friends review the latest movies except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. Hey Jessica it's Memorial Day weekend.
1: It is. Happy Memorial Day. Thank you for all who have served in our serving. Um, I had a great day. Oh yeah? Yes I did. What'd you do? Oh yeah we went to play mini golf today. Hey look at that. (laughs) And I got slaughtered. My sister beat me by a lot and I didn't you know how you're just talking smack like beforehand you're just like oh yeah like I'm gonna beat you so dirty like I'm so good at this she was doing that and like she did it like she is she really good at mini it. golf Ooh. apparently
0: oh that that's the worst when you run <laughs> yes. into that yeah oh that stinks. It was well for you it's yeah
1: for me yeah
0: <laughs> exactly um yeah I didn't do anything as exciting as mini golf but I did go and have barbecue with my dad.
1: Oh, so, nice barbecue! Yeah,
0: some barbecue. So, so like we have like a platter of, uh, you know, chicken ribs, uh, pork, and uh, yeah, it was great. It's great stuff. Oh
1: man, yeah,
0: America. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, This usually Memorial Day weekend marks a pretty big weekend, obviously in America because of the holiday that we're celebrating, but also it's usually a big deal in the box office. And this year, look at that, was no different because we're (laughs) going to talk about uh, a movie that did really well at the box office, uh, given everything going on with the pandemic. Uh, but before we get into that, if this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. And if you do like us, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars goes a long way for us.
1: Come and check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at AlwaysCriticPod. And if you're a fan, please, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support for as little as $2 a month. You can check out the page on patreon.com alwayscriticpod.
0: So today we are going to talk about a sequel to the 2018 film A Quiet Place. This is A Quiet Place Part 2. Yes. Uh, it is... Uh, well, actually, you know what? Jessica, tell us what this movie is about.
1: Sure. So the IMDb synopsis reads... Following the events at home, the Abbott family now face the terrors of the outside world. Forced to venture into the unknown, they realize the creatures that hunt by sound are not the only threats lurking beyond the sand path.
0: Hey, look at that! So, uh, this movie is written and directed by John Krasinski. He is back as the director for this movie after his very well-received first installment of this move of the. Series, I guess, is if you want to call it yes. that. Yes. Oh. Uh, we don't know if it is. Uh, also, he did h- have some assistance with the writing. Uh, Mr. Scott Beck and Brian Woods, who also. They
1: actually did not have a hand on the sequel. Not on the they sequel, just, just on the first. Co wrote the first movie, which is why they're so credited because it's the IP. Because but it's the IP. They didn't really have anything to do with the screenplay right. for the sequel.
0: But we do have pretty much everybody returning and some new faces. Uh, we have Emily Blunt is back. We have Millicent Simmons, Noah Jupe that makes up the core family. J- John Krasinski makes an appearance in this movie as well. Uh, and then newcomers: uh, Cillian Murphy and no, Killian, Killian, Killian Murphy. Yeah, man, I've heard it's <laughs> both ways. Okay,
1: it's one hundred percent Killian. All right, no
0: problem. <laughs> Killian Murphy and Jimon Hunsu.
1: I that's the one that I don't know and I should have looked up it is because G-mon, for though. years I've been calling it Jimon. Like Jimon Honsu.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean you're close, right. you're close. You're it, close. but it's Jimon.
1: Jimon. Yeah. So the accent is on the E, exactly. the I I should say. Exactly. Okay, okay. Gotcha.
0: So uh these are the newcomers in this new iteration of this story. Uh as I mentioned, the box office very, very well done. 48.3 million dollar opening weekend which yeah was actually pretty good um and it's currently worldwide at 80.5 million uh jessica how did audiences and critics receive this movie so far
1: yeah everyone loved it it's got a 91 percent rotten tomato score it's fresh as fuck and then 94 percent audience score that is correct. that's insane yeah yeah that's high, really high, high score Yeah, the critics' consensus reads, a nerve-wracking continuation of its predecessor, A Quiet Place Part 2 extends the terrifying world of the franchise without losing track of its heart.
0: Yes. So now that we've got the details and the stats out of the way, Jessica, what did you think of A Quiet Place Part 2?
1: I was very impressed with it. You know, I don't like sequels. I did not need A Quiet Place 2 sequel, um at all. But this movie was very well done. You can tell that they tried to take it in a new direction and not tread over the same ground as the first movie. Um, And that was nice. So I appreciated it. I thought it would go more like scary.
0: Okay. Yeah. A a scarier version. More
1: like Walking Dead type where it's like, Uh. oh my god, these people have lost their minds. So, But it was a touch of that, but not as much as I thought. Not as much. Yeah. But it was good all around, and I don't think I had any really problems with it.
0: Yeah, th- that's what surprised me when I walked out of the theater is that I I really liked the movie. I thought it was yeah. very good, and not because I wanted to find a fault in it, but I was racking my brain thinking, was there anything wrong with it? Was there anything that I would change, or or did was there something that— stuck out to me that maybe, eh, maybe they shouldn't have done that.
1: Mm. And
0: I I couldn't really find something that like bothered me to the point where I would say, oh, I didn't like that. No. Yeah. Everything was very well done throughout this movie. Um the story itself, like you said, the way they take it into a slightly new direction. They don't expand the world like this huge place or anything, but they do move out of their general area from the first movie. So we do see what is life outside of, you know, their little cabin or, you know, their Mm -hmm. little house that they had with the with a farm. What else is beyond that? And so this movie does do that. It gives us. Yeah. And who's out there? It went into the woods. It went into the woods.
1: (laughs) Sorry. Another Emily Blunt movie.
0: Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, so I really enjoyed that. And I really like, um, yeah. you know, so uh, Killian Murphy is kind of the catalyst for this movie. He is.
1: No, I would say that um, the daughter Millicent, Millicent
0: Simmons. Oh, that's yeah, fair. Is the catalyst. <laughs> she is the one that kind of pushes going forward the action of yes. or how we get to the action. Yeah. But it's Killian that brings that. Almost like that father figure, since yeah, Krasinski's father, not really in this movie. And yes. spoilers for the first one: Krasinski does sacrifice himself in the first movie, so Killian does take over as the begrudging father figure here because he doesn't want to do this. And no. if you watch the trailers, <laughs> you'll see that you know there's nothing here. He even says it to them, uh, but it's it's a great role for him. He did such a wonderful job to make you feel for him as a person because you could tell he's lost everything. Everything yeah. in his life is gone, and so now these people show up, and he's like, "I can't deal with this. This is <laughs> these these are not my people." But he, you know, he grows an attachment. He he really sticks his neck out for them, and so that was really well done. Well, you mentioned Millicent, and yeah. Millicent's really good. She's yeah, a, she's amazing. She's a really good actress. <laughs> and it's really nice to see like someone who's actually, you know, challenged or has a, you know, disability that yeah, yeah. they're the ones that got the role of a person yes. who has a disability. You, right. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, you know how she sometimes is,
1: um I don't know if she's completely deaf, but if she is hearing impaired. Yes. In real life. So that's I feel like that's amazing. That
0: is and to me because you know how Hollywood is sometimes. No, I, yeah, they'll, exactly. They'll give, <laughs> we have this conversation. Yeah, we've every had other this day. conversation before. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's. I don't know if there's anything that we can say without getting into Spoiling spoilers, it. right? Exactly yeah. because this movie, hmm. if you don't want to be spoiled, I would recommend trying to see it as quickly yeah. as you can. I would say.
1: Exactly. Come back after you've seen the movie and then we can talk in spoilers section.
0: Yeah. So uh, one one last thing before we get into spoilers, though, or two two things Uh, first with. Do you think that with what we saw in this movie, do you think that they would return to this world again for like a third installment uh, I don't. Oh, I hope not. I hope not. Uh, we said the same thing after the first one. Like, there's no they'll need for a single. Though. They'll do it. They'll do it if it makes money, obviously. Because it's,
1: if it's gonna make money, they'll do it. Yeah, I mean, just like um, maybe like Snowpiercers are a great example. Like, why did they create a Snowpiercer show?
0: Exactly. Didn't need it. Didn't need but, it. But you know, again, if it's gonna make money. If it if it makes money, Hollywood will beat it into the ground <laughs> until it stops making money. Uh, I think. Obviously, I don't want to see it because of the fact that it's not necessary. I think was the fir- was the this first- equal no, necessary? No, no, this one no. wasn't necessary <laughs> either. But like, it still did a great job of doing what it was supposed to do, which is expanding the world. Uh, so I don't think we need to see another version of that because I I can't imagine what exactly you would go to, what lengths you would go to in the story where it's still captivating. It's still draws you in without it getting over the top or without again, jumping the shark again you know they'll
1: do they'll find a way they'll find some, no no so walking dead this did the same thing they had a spin off show fear of the walking no, dead No, i, like, I
0: understand that they'll what i'm find saying a is in my head i can't imagine a compelling enough story that is actually good that doesn't tread on the themes the ideas that we've already seen in the first two movies so hmm. If somehow they figure out a third movie that, you know, does not follow the formula that we've already established in one and two, like it doesn't repeat itself, then, hey, you know what? Good on them. But I'm not excited or don't want to see one because I feel like they would ruin what they've built and established. Because I really Mm. like what they've built and established. That is my main thing. Uh, So... What did you give this movie on a scale of one to five? I
1: walked out of the theater going, oh, it's like a three and a half. And then I was like, no, give it some credit. It's four and a half. Sorry, four out of five. Oh, I was
0: about to say four and a half. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Jessica, keep giving a four and a half. Uh,
1: Yeah, your eyes started bugging out. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I gave it a four as well.
1: Okay. Because
0: I think this movie does a lot of good things. John Krasinski's direction. uh, Like, you could see... In the way he holds the camera in certain places, uh, just the general acting overall. Everything is good. Everything is great, even. And so we'll go ahead and we'll talk and break it down in spoilers right after this. The greatest trick. Houston, we have a problem. I am the father. I see dead people. The devil ever pulled. was convincing
1: the world you can't handle the truth he didn't exist oh, what's in the box
0: all right so let's go ahead and talk about spoilers for a quiet place part two uh so let's basically start off where the movie starts off the movie throws us back in time to day one
1: yes it picks up with a prequel sort of yeah, and you
0: know? this movie mixes in a pre- prequel and a sequel in one, pretty much. yeah. so we get a flashback of what happened on day one of the invasion of these aliens. Uh, there was a lot of tracking shots. did you notice that? Like there was a lot yeah. of like Krasinski was like, hey, I, if I'm gonna direct this movie, let me like really get into my flex. bag and flex. <laughs> Yeah, there was a lot of sh- like one take shots, like and although there's like one or two moments you can kind of tell like it wasn't really a one take, so the camera like does a sm- a transition to make it look like it's one take, but it's not. Uh, but other than that, no, it, it's it it establishes what the world was like before that very Americana. Americana. <laughs> You know, Main Street, and I mean like Main Street. Like there's little shops, and everybody's at the, you know, baseball game, and you know all this like stuff. Like eating an apple. Yeah, it's a little league game. So all this stuff, and then you know the breakout of the invasion. uh, I thought all well handled the way. It's a good action piece to get like people getting into the movie, and then they throw us back into present timeline. Mm -hmm. So is there any moments, uh, I guess, from the first half of the movie before we get to, you know, the reveal of the location where they're trying to get to that really stood out? So
1: two things. I really like Emily Blunt in the car, which is the trailer scene where she's going backward in her car and there's a bus barreling down on her. That part is amazing. That was a stunt. And she did really have a 40 miles an hour bus coming toward her and that is like a real life stunt so i really appreciate that
0: that is wild
1: and that is the first take of that scene like they hadn't rehearsed it with her in the car or anything (laughs) and so that was the first time she like experienced that and she was like let's just go let's just do it and then that is the take you see in the movie is like that's that first take so i appreciated that stunt that they did and then i also liked that moment where they're walking in the woods, and it's the end of the, the sand. The sand trail. The sand trail is done. Like, they have to move on past the sand trail. And I felt like that was very symbolic yeah. of, like, okay, we're going to leave behind everything we've known, everything that we know is safe, and we're going to forge a new trail, and we're going to have to make some noise.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, that was, like you said, symbolic in... It really lets the audience know, hey, everything that you, yeah, everything you've come you know, used to with the first movie, we're leaving that behind. We don't know. You're not going to know what's going to happen next, mm-hmm. which I appreciate a lot. And that's where. So, go ahead.
1: Um, <laughs> this is a joke almost, but do you feel like the Walking Dead baby is quieter than this baby, or is this baby? Way quieter than
0: I, the baby I think this baby is dead. way quieter. Um, like this baby barely. This makes baby noise. did not <laughs> barely makes noise ever. I
1: think that baby's like hours old yeah. because we pick up right when the first one ends when we come to present day. Yeah, and um, that baby's not making any noise. It's so quiet. On not until she starts running, and then it's like making little gurgling noises, and it turns into a real baby all of a sudden. So, um, yeah, that was a side note that I wanted to bring up, is that the baby is super quiet.
0: Way too quiet.
1: Way quiet. Um, yeah, so the movie makes a point of ma- of separating the crew, like, two tower style. Yeah. Like, once we get to where they combine with Killian's character, yep. it's like, okay, we're going to separate all of them now.
0: Yeah, and I think... That works to the movie's benefit because Mm -hmm. during the first movie, they were a unit. So Mm -hmm. they always worked in tandem together. Right. Uh, The only time they kind of separated was when Krasinski took the sun to the waterfall, you know, to kind of like show him, you know, the entire thing of the noise and water being able to block it out. Uh, That's the only time you really see him separately. So in this movie, allowing for different dynamics to happen. So when they split off Killian and Millicent and then Blunt and Noah uh, Noah Jupe, Uh, allowing... And then
1: Emily by herself. And then
0: Emily by herself even as well. Mm -hmm. So allowing these different dynamics to tell two stories at the same time, Mm -hmm. I think was really smart and allowed you to... Still have the impending threat on the family with Emily, the baby, and Noah, but also have an adventure almost with Killian and Millicent. I thought it was Mm -hmm. very well done.
1: I like how they had Emily by herself, even though I really wanted them to beef up her role in the movie. Yeah. Like she really didn't have much of a role. It
0: wasn't wasn't that strong.
1: Yes. But in a sense, I really like that they gave her a moment to kind of rest and- almost mourn. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like she is on a mission. She is going to get medicine for the son. But she is like a postpartum in more than one way. Yes. So it is like very emotional to see her just like be alone. And that's how she is in life now. Like she has no partner.
0: No, she doesn't.
1: Yeah. So it was kind of like very symbolic to me (laughs) for her to go off on on her own and just be like, you know, I have given you telling the son, Noah Jupes character, like i you have everything you need. Just, you know, follow the instructions. You know what to do. Like you can do this yeah. and I'm gonna leave. And that's the theme of the whole movie, I feel, is like parents stepping back and letting their kids work it out on their own and become adults. And it is a weird coming of age story in that sense. It's not like uh, the stereotypical coming-of-age story, like Lady Bird style, but it is more of like a survival type. Yeah. Like, how are you going to survive, survive by yourself? How are you going to fix these problems?
0: Right. It's it's passing on the lessons that the mm. parents have figured out and learned for themselves and mm. making sure that the kids understand how to use the tools, how to...
1: Right. So that happens for Millicent and then that happens for Noah Jupe as well. Yeah. Well, her... Character.
0: And his and her character. I keep calling the mother real. names. Yeah, so do I. Uh, I think, the, you know, you guys listening to us can understand if we're calling them by their real names. It's because that's how <laughs> we just know them. So uh, and then the movie uh, back to that point of showing these kids growing up. And I know I'm stepping on the ending here, but it allows for the kids to be the ones that get the heroic moments Uh, Mm -hmm. in this movie they're the ones that get the job done in a way like the the impending doom the impending threat on the on that moment is taken care of by the kids and Mm -hmm. i found that to be uh, a very very good storytelling device of having it done at the same time you know since both stories Mm -hmm. are running concurrent with each other right right Having both moments happen together and at the same time I thought was well done. I
1: also feel like the movie is a lot about female empowerment where at the beginning you're at a Little League game for the brother Mm -hmm. and he's the one having a lot of issues with the game and being anxious and nervous and not about not performing, like not being able to hit a home run or whatever, get a hit. And then at the end of the movie, she, Millicent or Reagan Abbott, gets a hit (laughs) like she actually hits the the alien like she smashes it to death and i feel like she's the one that gets the home run in the end
0: yeah you can yeah you could definitely view it that way yeah she's the one that the (laughs) the symbolic home run (laughs) right or the
1: symbolic home run and then of course emily blunt like doing what she does um it's also about like motherhood and like she's not gonna just (laughs) Let her children die or what have you. She's going to do whatever it Um, takes. Yeah, yeah. So it is about that protection that maybe you give to the father figure more often than the mother. But in this case, she's taking up that mantle. Yes. John Krasinski's mantle. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, I wanted to talk, uh, switching gears a bit to Killian Murphy's character. uh, Yes. Because... He's
1: very complex. He is
0: complex. And that's what I want to talk about, the complexity because he has a family of his own. We, we see that family in the first part in the prequel, mo, you know, scene. And mm-hmm. then he has no family in the current timeline. Uh, you know, his family's gone. And so you see pictures of his son everywhere. Like, I guess he drew them like he was just.
1: Yeah, he's an artist. He's an
0: artist, <laughs> it seems as though. Uh, and then they ask about his wife. And, you know, apparently... Let's talk about this. this, Let's talk about this. So his wife has some type of terminal disease. Right. And she was losing it by the end. And...
1: Yeah, she was in such excruciating pain. They had to leave their house or farmhouse to go to a place where she could scream, where she could scream, <laughs> and they would not be in danger of being found by those aliens. So they went to what is it like a steel mill or yeah, something? yeah, that's what it
0: looks like. It looks like some a...
1: sort of just indus- like a um, industrial looking um, factory, and there's like a shit ton of concrete in there. And the- so they just went underground exactly where they could be soundproof.
0: So. The big thing here is that while Millicent and Killian are off doing their thing, they're trying to find a boat because we'll we'll get to that in a second. Uh, and at the same time, the mother, Emily Blunt, is going out to get supplies, especially medicine. She's visiting
1: the grave of her son.
0: Also, that too.
1: She's mourning. From the f- and so she's doing her own thing. Yeah,
0: she's doing her own thing. Noah yeah. decides to kind of like look around. Like, where are yeah. they... Like to see what exactly is the surrounding. So, right. he finds so
1: if there was a character in a horror movie that you're like, no, don't go in that dark ass room. Like, no, don't go outside. Like, character. why are you stopping for the hitchhiker? Like, that's this character. This
0: character. Yeah. <laughs> this character would be dead in a typical horror movie. Right. <laughs> so he finds a room and it looks like the living quarters of Killian's character
1: except there's hanging corpses everywhere it looks like there was a mass suicide
0: that's what it looks like what was from it?
1: the workers in that mill yeah
0: it, it's they were all dressed were in all like dressed a uniform up in their or uniforms. like a work yeah. Room. yeah and so finally he makes it into that room and behind a right. curtain is a bed and in that bed is his wife
1: we assume that's his wife's corpse, corpse. that's been desiccated preserved in some way. I don't even know if she it was preserved. He said she'd been dead 11 weeks. Which that she died 11 weeks ago?
0: Oh god. It, it it's insane. And so that there's, his body now is there. psycho,
1: there's now a psycho there's now a Norman Bates thing going oh on god. here that the movie does not address.
0: <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't address it.
1: So, um they don't address that at all. I don't know why he decided to keep his wife's corpse versus I don't know <laughs> doing anything else with it. Um, keeping it in the room next door. I, it could be just you know another symbolic like he can't let go. It could be <laughs> literally he cannot let go of her. So with his
0: son, he's constantly drawing pictures of his son, and then with right. his wife, her body is just in that room decomposing, pretty much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yeah, but the movie doesn't address it later or anything. No. So no, no, no. I don't and of know course what to it turns it.
1: it into a device because. Noah gets scared shitless and falls back makes some noise and
0: the monster summons one of the monsters yeah exactly so yeah if the reason why a movie is at a four and not higher than that it's like things like that like an unanswered right. question is like, why is yeah. the body That's there? a
1: major question I have That's a big for question. such a great, such a great character as Killian. Yeah.
0: Why is the Who's dealing with all of there? these
1: like inner demons. Like he's like, there's nobody worth saving and he's definitely talking about himself and others. Yeah,
0: <laughs> for sure. He is.
1: So, I mean, is he not worth saving because he's got like his dead wife upstairs like next to him? Is he just, is he losing his shit? Like what is going on?
0: Right. It's... It's quite a lot. Uh, now, the, the the next big thing in this movie is uh, there is a radio station playing music, and they're they're playing Bobby Darin's "Beyond the Sea" on repeat.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: and so Killian has heard it, but he doesn't. He doesn't know the significance of it. He just thinks it's. He's mu- just
1: like it's playing over and over. It's like basically a mistake, right? And
0: so, but Millicent is the one that figures out. It is a code. It is a sign. Right. Right. And so
1: that, that's why it makes me think. I, I don't know if you guys have heard the um, Piecing It Together podcast. Mm, um, he's one of our good friends. David Rosen. Uh, he, David Rosen did an episode, obviously, on A Quiet Place. And that was one of his puzzle pieces was signs. Yeah. And the, it, they continued the signs into this movie, the the homage to signs. They did. Because I feel like Killian Murphy is the glass half empty where he's like, no. That song is just a mistake. It's nothing. It doesn't mean anything. And he's very pessimistic. And then if Millicent, on the other hand, is like, no, it has a deeper meaning. They're telling us to go beyond the sea, and she's a glass glass half full right.
0: person. She figures out the radio station, so she figures right. out where's the signal for the radio station coming from. Right, and she notices yeah. that it's on an island off of the coast. So she sets off by herself at at the beginning to go and search for this radio station she wants to go uh once they notice she's gone blunt begs for killian murphy please bring her back so he does find her at at an abandoned train that has been attacked uh which was like severely attacked by these aliens there's like (laughs) holes through cars and everything yeah yeah so after an encounter with one of the aliens then Killian decides fine we'll go he finds a boat
1: yeah let's pause here because every time they kind of put it they don't necessarily change the POV shot but what they do is they change the POV sound yes the the sound so whenever it's like oh this is Millicent's point of view everything's silent the movie is completely Um, soundless and I felt like that was so um, unnerving and jarring and it just made me stress out (laughs) so much because obviously you're just seeing everything and you cannot hear what's around you and that's paramount because when an alien pops up on her like she doesn't hear it until like it moves around so you're in the same boat as her yep and it's It's done to great effect. It is. And it's not done like throughout the movie because like, you know, she's a major player in this movie. They don't keep doing it. Like as soon as Killian comes or, you know, like back out of it, it's but the points, the times that they do it, it's so effective.
0: I'll never forget when she wakes up after the encounter on the train and Killian, like she wakes up and there is nothing, no, no sound because her hearing aid is nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. So she is frantically looking for it. She steps outside, and it's just deafness—like there is mm-hmm. no sound whatsoever. And the it's like a vacuum. And the audience even was kind of like, "Oh, like there's like a sense yeah, of dread like, oh, from God. the audience," but, uh, because we did see it in theaters, and the, even the audience was like, "Oh no!" Like you can hear yeah. it in the room. Uh, but then he comes back with the hearing aid because he needed it to he make sure. <laughs> So yeah. we'll skip to the part where they actually get to the dock. It's at night. Uh, this part was yeah. kind of wild here. they get- So this
1: is the part where I thought they would go even more book right. with it. Just from what I've seen of other apocalyptic, or sorry, post-apocalyptic civilizations that just like lose their fucking minds. Um, you know, Walking Dead style where it's like, oh, they're just eating the natives. Like they're just eating anybody that comes by the camp (laughs) so now they're cannibals casual casual cannibals yeah um so i was expecting that level yeah what we did find was i don't think i've ever seen this kind of thing before where it was like a community living in the docks and on the damaged boats
0: yeah um i i don't know why they were living there but,
1: Why are they were living there? Unclear. unclear. Where do they get their food? Are they just fishing for it? Like, they must be fishing Does that make for noise? It. Like, I know. It's yeah. like.
0: And so, and they're all like really like uncapped. Scraggly looking. Scraggly like dirty. Like, yeah. And apparently they kind of hunt. And they
1: have a, they set a trap for yeah, Killian and Millicent.
0: With a little girl.
1: With a little girl, which reminded me of King Kong as well. Like. <laughs> the first person out is always, like, the least suspicious. <laughs> and so, oh, my God. Yeah, the little girl puts a bunch of... What is it? Like, Basically, um,
0: like, uh, puts a noose around his neck. Puts
1: a noose around him first. Yep. And then covers him, like, it tangles him up in fishing wire. Yep. And... Um, so he can't really make move. Noise, like, bottles. Yeah. yeah. So he can't really Glass move and because things. he'll
0: make noise. Right. And so that's when they grab Millicent. And things are about to get there is no dialogue here which is
1: makes it more like weird. Yeah. Bizarre. Things
0: are about to get weird because they're taking Millicent away. (laughs) And then we get a call back from earlier in the movie when he he basically tells Millicent dive into the water. Uh he signs it to her. Yes. Because she had taught him how to basically say dive through sign language. Yes. Earlier in the movie during the baseball scene. The prequel. Yeah, yeah. during the baseball scene of the prequel. <laughs> uh, and so that's when Killian kind of learns f- firsthand at least, but through his own admission, is that they can't swim, these monsters. They can't survive right. in water. Because he sees it and he notices that one of the aliens gets it's in struggling. the water and is super <laughs> struggling. so. Yeah. So he kind of figures that out, and then Millicent gets a boat and is able to drag him, and they make it to the island. And this is where I was like, oh. And I thought, (laughs) I think I know what's going to happen here, at least entering in. This is going to be a community that has not been affected by them at all. And I was kind of right. Because this is a community that is offshore, so they don't have any encounters with these aliens pause. there.
1: Why do, pause. Back when they started taking Millicent, why do you think they were taking her? 100%. I thought, oh, they're going to rape yeah. her. They're oh, trying yeah, yeah, to yeah, procreate sure. over here, like do a noose colony or yeah, something. Yeah, they were going to like, repopulate the They earth. were
0: going to do some uh-huh. evil stuff, for sure. Yes. Without a doubt. This is a group of people that are unhinged, that are... Just
1: I was like, these is inbred folks over yeah, here. I they, don't understand. They had yeah.
0: bad intentions.
1: In the four hundred days since the uh since
0: the attack. <laughs>
1: the apocalypse they have developed some unhealthy thoughts.
0: Okay. So we're on the island and it's like a haven pretty much for for it's untouched. It's just people basically living their lives
1: very naive very naive like, it feels like they they're just talking to them and like killian's like stunned like they really they haven't been touched by the aliens ever since they landed on the island right when, they
0: know about everything that happened obviously right, right, right. but they are not affected
1: they haven't had to live through
0: it no they haven't and so this is where we meet uh Honsu's character uh who kind of gives us the expository you know, reason why they haven't been touched. And it's because we found Mm -hmm. out they can't swim. So the Coast Guard. Like
1: the community, like uh, what was it? Like the government basically kind of happened upon they can't swim. Yeah. So let's get everyone on boats and just send them off. But the problem is that
0: people started fighting and making noise. So out of the, I think it was like 12 boats that they sent, only two of them made it through. Mm -hmm. uh, Something like that. So, but here's the big problem though. The problem is that one of the boats that was on the dock from the attack w- with the scraggly people, one of those boats <laughs> is that what we're calling yeah.
1: the scraggly, people? one of
0: those boats had one of these aliens on it, and it drifted to the shore. Mm-hmm. And one of the aliens gets to the island.
1: Bad news. Now you got an alien on your loudest fuck, and <laughs>
0: it starts taking people out left and right, just yeah, taking fast. people fast. And so I, I, I knew this was going to happen. I knew that part was going to happen. I just.
1: There was no doubt in my mind that this was going to get ruined. Of course.
0: Of course. Yeah. And so I was just wondering if the movie was going to do. So, you know, the scraggly part, uh, the scraggly people. (laughs) Yes. You know what I thought was probably going to happen? I honestly thought that. The people on the island were going to have like this facade of, oh, we're good. But, you know, they were do some wicked shit, oh, you know,
1: like I see, I see, I see. Like
0: that was my right. that's what I thought. What's like the happen.
1: cannibals in The Walking Dead where they're like, welcome. Yeah, we accept everybody. And they're like chopping meat in the corner. Right, exactly.
0: Sucks. That's what yeah. I thought may have gone in that direction but they didn't go okay. in that direction. They no, were just No, no, no. It was
1: like a true it was a utopia true, like, up in there. Hey,
0: we're really nice. And then <laughs> alien comes and kills her. We're
1: playing Poppy Darren. how bad could we be? Exactly.
0: <laughs> uh so yeah. And then finally we get to our our big crux, our big climax of the movie which is two things are happening at the same time. They're getting yes. to the radio station so she can send the waves of the sound out from Send her. Send
1: that frequency from her hearing um, aid. Yeah,
0: exactly. And then on the other side, we are seeing Emily, Noah, and the baby trying to be inside breathe for their lives. Yeah, exactly, because they are inside of that shaft. But if they close it for too tight. long, it's airtight. So yeah. if they close it for too long, then they can't. They breathe. got nowhere. And they're running out of air from their oxygen tanks as well. Right. So it's all about time. It's a ticking time. Yes. So I really appreciate this because you're seeing two different things happening at the same time with two characters that you have grown to really uh, grown an attachment to in mm-hmm. Noah and Millicent. And I just found they
1: each take out an alien. They
0: each take out an an alien. How did you feel about like? as that moment ends, credits.
1: I'm fine.
0: You were fine with it.
1: Yeah, I'm fine. I don't know if... (laughs) Did you want
0: more? I felt like there was... You wanted an epilogue? I don't know if... I felt like maybe something was missing there because when that happened, I was like, oh, oh, that's the end. Like, I had that feeling. I mean, they
1: could have played like Beyond the Sea one more time like as the credits started rolling.
0: (laughs) I I don't know if I was going to (laughs) go in that direction. But I don't Um, know. I felt like... In my, at least internally, when that moment happens after they kill the aliens, each one of them respectively, and then the credits and the music comes on, I was like, "Oh, oh, that was the end." That's I it. was surprised that that was the end. They, you know, what I'm saying
1: the kids are now the kids are now self sufficient and brave, and you know, could kill the aliens and um, more hopeful than the adults, maybe even yeah. Probably. There's a sense of hope at the end of the because movie when they both take they out the They know they can do it.
0: Yeah. They both know they can do it.
1: They can survive on their own. Yes. They're not children anymore. They're not
0: children anymore. So
1: it's good. Um, the only thing I would say that bothered me about the ending is Juman dying Oh, suddenly,
0: man. abruptly.
1: I thought, oh my God, it's Chris Brown stomped the yard all over again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they didn't even give him a name.
1: They he had no name in the he's credited as Man on Island. Man, what the hell?
0: No name, (laughs) and then that's
1: an Academy Award nominee. Yep, winner maybe I can't remember, but nominee for sure. Nominee for sure, and he is credited as Man on Island, and he dies. I I mean, when I say abruptly, it was like,
0: yeah, he lasts in that movie maybe five minutes, maybe maybe maybe. Uh, so uh, let me ask you this question before we wrap up on A Quiet Place Part 2.
1: Yes, what's up?
0: Do you feel... Let me ask you this question here. I th- I still contend that there is no scene in this movie that contends with the birth scene in the first one.
1: Uh, you're correct. I'm correct.
0: Okay. I, you are correct. I just wanted to be 100% They certain.
1: tried to do it with... Um Millicent, as she's trying to get to the on-air portion of the radio station,
0: mm, yeah,
1: and Killian has gotten I, his leg got ripped up at one point by the alien, by the alien and yep. he's like about to die, and then she like saves him.
0: Exactly. So, so it has its that's moments much, for sure. Yeah, but it's very good. It's very good. But the birth scene, the birth, the birth scene, scene is
1: Jesus. Oof.
0: That lot of scenes. Oh, my God. Like when, because it's building and it's building and it's building. And then finally. And then
1: there's like, it's flooding and all this stuff. And then she just yells out that
0: scream. Oh, man. It is incredible. Incredible. So I think that if you're a fan of the first one and you've been listening to us and didn't mind getting spoiled. If you were a fan of the first one, you'll enjoy the second one for sure. Yeah. There is no doubt about that. Uh, But in my opinion, I think that the first one holds it slightly better than this one. Not by much. I mean, both of them Mm -hmm. are very good movies. But I think that the first one has like a special quality to it of it was so unique. Mm -hmm. And also it was so self-contained within that family story. So every beat, every moment feels like it's urgent. Mm-hmm. Throughout the movie, you could feel, and I'm talking about the first one, you could feel yourself even breathing because you were in a yeah, place where. That's
1: what I said. I think that's what I said in our review. I was like, my breathing was too loud <laughs> the whole movie.
0: Yes, I remember during the first one, I felt the same exact way. I couldn't breathe in moments because I didn't want to ruin the way it was being seen. The first movie, mm-hmm. uh, we all sat in that theater quiet. I remember. I saw it twice. I saw it before I saw it with you. Like I saw it opening night and I think I saw it the mm-hmm. next night or whatever with you. And I remember the first night where everyone was dead quiet. And there's a moment where somebody, I guess, tried <laughs> to open up something and we could hear it. And it imme- and they immediately stopped what they were doing because yes. they were like, no, I can't do this. And yeah. <laughs> it was, you could hear a pin drop. Like there's so... All the cliches. It was an experience. It was an experience. And this movie is still like a good experience in theaters, but nothing will match that experience of the first one. So, Mm -hmm. again, great movie. Four out of five from both of us. And if you want a good movie to watch in theaters and you've been wanting to go back to theaters and you feel safe to do it and everything, hey, this is a good one to go. This is a good one to go back to. So, that is our review. For A Quiet Place, too. A great movie for Memorial Day weekend. It's hot out there. Cool yourself off in the theater. Damn hot. It is. It really is. Especially here in Florida, we've been dealing with mid 90s and upper 90s the last few days. It's awful. It's It's terrible. Uh, But enough of us complaining. If you really (laughs) enjoyed this show, thank you for, well, thank you so much for checking us out and checking out this episode. If you like the movie, let us know. Uh, We are on all the socials. We are on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on TikTok. At Always Critic Pod. So you can go ahead and check us out. Let us know your thoughts on the movie. Did you like it? Did you like it more than the first one? Let us know. Also, if you're checking us out for the first time, thank you. Why don't you go ahead and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app? We release a new episode pretty much every week of the new movie that comes out. And when there's not a new movie, especially... During the pandemic, Uh, we went ahead and we did a bunch of different special episodes like Hall of Fame episodes and rewinds of old movies we really like to watch. So go ahead and check out our podcast feed. And Jessica, if they've already done that and they've already uh, followed us on Instagram and all the socials, if they've already left us a review, which, by the way, it should be five (laughs) stars on Apple Podcasts. Leave us that. If they've done all of that, what else can they do? Yes
1: your next step is to become a patron guys for $2 a month. It's such a great way for you to get involved, to be part of the show. We will read your name in the show. Yes. <laughs> we will do all sorts of things. You can see, um, on patreon.com slash always critic pod, all the three tiers and what is included, obviously exclusive content to Patreon subscribers. And that should be you.
0: Yes, truly. It should be you. <laughs> and, We look forward to you becoming a patron. Now, now that that's all out of the way, I really want to thank you guys for listening. That has been our show. I'm Rico.
1: And I'm Jessica. And this has been the Always the Critic Podcast.